Welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Iambic Poetry Presents Real Poetry, where we look at the movies of poetic fashion and review them for you. I am Sharon Smith, and I am here with my two popcorn snatching co-hosts, Auntie Vice and Marvin. Say what up, everyone. What up? up? And we got here a guest. We got here our guest, our found fondest friend who lives in Sacramento, who actually I had to ask if she wanted to do this, but she's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to give you Izzy Lala. Say hey, hello, Izzy. Izzy. Hey, Izzy. Good seeing Hi. you again. Good to see you back, man. It's been a while. Yeah. So, and basically the movie we're basically going to review this time is called Hamlet, but it's called Hamlet 2000. That's what it's being referred to in all the stuff. Hamlet 2000. This movie here stars Ethan Hawke, Bill Murray, uh, um, Julia Stiles, uh, several several people that... Oh, Liv, um, Liv um, Schneider. Liv Schreiber. Liv Schreiber. Diane Verna. And um, Steve Zang. And um, Sam Shepard. Who played Hamlet's father? More importantly, I think you forgot to mention the, the incomparable Bill Murray's in this too. I did he say did. Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, he did. Kyle, yeah, Mike, um, Kyle McCallan, um, Couch, um, McLachlan, 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 the one that mm-hmm. starred in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's in this. Yes. Yeah, Murray's role was the only enjoyable role. <laughs> so this movie. So if you haven't heard, the, if you haven't heard the movie, uh, this is the modern adaptation of Hamlet, where Hamlet loses his father to his his um, uncle, who remarries his mother and takes over the kingdom. And this version is a corporation. Denmark is a corporation. And his father is basically the head. Is even though he's they call it king, he should have been like a boss or the CEO. But hey, whatever. But as while while the whole thing is going on, his ghost comes back to appear to Hamlet and basically tells him the story the story of his murder. And now Hamlet has to deal with the fact that his father has been killed by his uncle. And how does he basically want to take revenge for this? Thoughts, Marvin. Man, this was a trial to watch. <laughs> this movie was a trial to watch, and I I sat through Mulan, and that's saying something. <laughs> right off the bat, ding ding ding. Mulan references. Okay, like of all the movies we've watched, that was like a a good line for line adaptation. I gotta hand it to the this movie like at least they fucking went all out with it on the lines i mean at least they did something mulan couldn't fucking do which was give us good lines but man it was hard to sit through this for me personally because it's like first off they're using shakespearean dialogue that's queen's language yeah yeah and it i for me personally i don't care what it is i don't care how much you modernize it when you speak the queen's language quote unquote it's hard for me to 
really connect with it. Just that's just me, just purely because it just it's obviously it's not how we speak anymore. So for me, that's hard for me to feel some kind of attachment to. And then add on the fact that they're basing it off a Shakespearean play. So with a lot of theater, it's a lot acting in the theater is a lot different from acting in the film because with theater, like they based it heavily on monologues and trying to fill up that space as they're changing scenes. You don't have to worry about that with film. You can easily cut and edit. You don't have to do a lot with it to get scene to scene. But one thing I can really admire about Hamlet, this version of Hamlet was they do these long shots that make up for it. Like with Ethan Hawke's character, just walking down hallways and everything as he, he self monologues and everything. So yeah, that that looked good in this little moody, bratty teenage thing. But look, <laughs> man, every time he wore that little stupid hat, all I could think of was either South Park or Catcher in the Rye. I thought the same way. <laughs> I thought the same way. Yeah, I don't know. I just I was really hit or miss about this movie. Still better than Mulan, though. Still better than Mulan. Uh, T Vice. Um, eh, it was not my favorite adaptation of Mulan. I have no problem with them. I'm I'm glad we agreed. (laughs) It's the no, no juice. I blame Marvin of of Hamlet. I am Um, so glad we're in sync as always. Auntie vice. I'm so glad, (laughs) but no, 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 this isn't. I understand when, what they're sitting around and like, Ooh, let's bring Hamlet into the modern era. And I kind of get what they were going for. Um, It is the first time I've seen Hamlet be played as a whiny little bitch. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and he really was he was this emo teenager with this angst shit going on which is never how I've seen Hamlet played I mean normally he's played deep into grief and stuff and, and Ethan Hawke just comes across as a whiny little bitch um, <laughs> right? and, and I, you know in trying to adapt it to the screen they really pushed hard for that appeal for teens and they just masturbated on the to be or not to be speech right it starts when he's viewing um nick that bins um yeah talking the, on, the on whether or not he, yeah, yeah the the buddhist monk uh, talking about um order of uh, being and, and being. never being able to be about by yourself and then throughout they like they because it's a speech that every high school kid has to know right um mm-hmm. i hated the cut they cut the oh poor york monologue which is my favorite out of hamlet i thought some of the casting was good i i think bill murray did a solid polonius and i think julie julia styles was a solid casting for ophelia i think this is out of the three we've seen with her in it recently um i think this is her best performance um so you know there were there was some good stuff there was some bad stuff uh the Hamlet's dad really came across much more like um, Green Goblin from the first Spider-Man. <laughs> Straight up, I was waiting for him to like crack out some arms and come after Hamlet on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I know when they're sitting around in the writer's room and they were like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And then it just didn't come to fruition on the screen. Um it's really kind of how I felt about this. Still, it's Hamlet. I like the dialogue. I think I've been watching and reading too much because this was one of the first times that they've launched into that 
um, Elizabethan language, and I had no problem immediately switching over. Yeah. Like I can remember in high school having struggling with the language, and then this. I actually really liked the wordplay and the banter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure how much of that would for you know, kind of your general audience who would go see a Julia Stiles teen movie and Ethan Hawke, how much that would actually be caught, especially with the whole nunnery speech at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, he's calling her a little whore. Um, and I'm not sure, like, some of that I think would be lost on the audience, but, you know, it was all right. <laughs> Izzy. Yeah, um, so I think uh, I actually liked it. Um, I thought that, um, like, Hawk, I think he pulled off, um, you know, his the artsy type of hipster mm-hmm. um, character was pretty a pretty cool twist on it. I think it definitely obviously moder- modernized it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think that, um, like the 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 contrast of the contemporary versus the um, the language was definitely harsh at first when I started watching it, and I was like, yeah, it was just it was definitely very stark, but, um, but once you start, you know, listening more to it and you get, you're kind of like, you catch kind of a couple gems, you know, um, poetically. And so, um, I like that part of it. I also like the voiceovers, like Marvin was saying with, um, when, uh, you know, they're self monologuing or, um, you know, I, I like that space in between. I think it kind of drives the scenes um, and they needed that, I think, in this movie. <laughs> but I think that it was overall, it was it was kind of cool. Um, I also, like, I liked, uh, um, I definitely liked the, like, listening to the poetic language, like, again, because I think that there was some really cool, um, you know, uh, just poetic verses in that. So that was kind of cool to revisit. Um, and yeah, I just think the major thing for me was, I just, I think it was a cool adaptation for, um, for the play um, for the year 2000. <laughs> I don't know about now. But. Well, and I will say with your point with the monologues, um, I think they did a be- much better job at incorporating them than two for black girls who have considered suicide when the end of the rainbow was enough. With wow. that one, the monologues were just, Mm-hmm. It didn't translate to screen at all. And yeah, I remember that. This I, one, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, this one doing the voiceovers with the the cuts in and out of scenes and stuff, I think they much better captured how to do a stage monologue for, for a movie, and I will give them that. Yeah. Tyler that was- Perry definitely could have learned a thing or two about how to do a monologue from this movie for sure. So so one thing that so with me. I so I never I never saw the Hamlet I never saw the Hamlet play so this was my first time actually seeing Hamlet being played I've, I knew about the old to be do not to be speech I knew about the monologues a couple of things and but this is the first time I actually seen about Hamlet so go American Ham- education system woo <sighs> yes my measure well no not really measure I think I've mostly I just I might have read it but I kind of blacked it out after a while just. I, I actually, I think my biggest one was King Lear. I like King, King Lear. Mm-hmm. That was one. That's one story I actually enjoyed. So seeing this be modernized and with Elizabeth, with Elizabeth um, speak, it kind of took me in and out a few times because, like, the part of seeing him in front of blockbusters, turning in the videos, and him sitting there while the guy, while the person's 
blasted it off. I'm like, well, that's a good way to look at Blockbuster. Dull and boring. <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing. Like, the funny thing is, like, like contrary to Auntie Vice, I personally thought this was Julia Stiles' weakest performance as a male oh, really? or female lead. Yeah. I thought, and I, this just might be my own bias because as we learned very well from the last episode, 10 Things I Hate About You was like one of the quintessential movies in Marvin's life of growing up. Yes. I thought Julia <laughs> Stell, <laughs> look, I with you. am unashamed to say, totally crushed on her when I was a teenager. It showed. Yeah. 10 Things About You definitely solidified the, that. This one, not so much. Like I, this is the first time I've watched the movie, and I felt like this kind of like brought it down for me. And this movie felt really dated compared to Ten Things I Hated About You. <laughs> I think the funniest thing about this movie it was it was actually put on the Oscars list against American Beauty. <laughs> so you know who won that year, American uh, Beauty. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> I mean, of course. The blockbuster scene in this could be juxtaposed against the plastic bag scene in American Beauty for about the same level of effect. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. That, that emptiness, soullessness, you know, oh, you know, trying to find beauty in the small things. Like, those two scenes could have been side by side and compared, you know. Mm-hmm. I looked at that. What do you think about it, um, Izzy? I don't know. Like, I was thinking about... Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think the the early 2000 like that just kind of i don't know I, having the early 2000s setting along with the old shakespeare <laughs> language on top of us being in 2021 i think that was <laughs> a bit much it, it just really kind of put you in a different space i don't know it's it kind of weird one fun funny thing is done in new york mm-hmm. so Looking it's at Times these- Square. Let's let's not even pretend it's any more outside of those like six blocks of Times Square. It's so- the thing I can like like I said like some there were some things I admire about it and I thought there like some of the creative liberties they did with it was really great. So like where they were going instead of Elsinore Castle, it was Elsinore, Elsinore Towers, Towers yes. the hotel, and then they, they were like calling themselves the Denmark Corporation instead yes. of like just being known as the Kingdom of Denmark. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like great. You know, it wasn't great doing all that and then still sticking with like line for line Hamlet. That wasn't great. You know how that like doesn't work, translate well? That's how it doesn't translate well because then they're going, yeah, but my heart's in France. You're in fucking New York and you're calling yourself Denmark. Come, dude, no, no. Yeah, that's that's one thing that did take me out. I mean, at least with um, at least with um, O and also um, 10 Things I Hate About You, they actually assimilated into where they're at. Mm-hmm. So that made it much easier for you to see, you know, they might throw a few clips of lines from Shakespeare to know that this is a Shakespeare play, but they still made it where these are, these are young teenagers and, you know, mm-hmm. 10 things I hate about you, you know, teenagers. These are, they're in Portland. I mean, they're in Seattle. They, you know, they made it where even though the story itself could be an adaptation of a Shakespeare and they can talk in England and it's all in England. Or the United Kingdom. This one here shows that this is something that's going on here in America, in Seattle. Or this is going on in North Carolina. And they basically made sure everything is going on in North Carolina. So the adaptation for this was very, well, very what, You know, I understand how you could transpose this to be 
the king being the head of a corporation, being this wealthy family in New York and everything. But this is where I I run into the problem with the writers when they translated it to a screenplay. Because there are ways to translate it to a New York setting. Where Mm. you could still have them in the Hotel Elsinore, which, by the way, was across from... Across the street from my she old, old dormitory. <laughs> I know. I'm really? like, yes, I recognize the doors because they're literally across the street from my old <laughs> dormitory. Um, but like they could have played out a number of the scenes, um, like the funeral scene or the, the, yeah, the funeral scene and then like, um, Ophelia's drowning at the cloisters, which is in the mm. north end of New York. The setting would have been much more appropriate. And this is where the writers just got lazy. Like they mm. and compact. There's there's ways to parcel out those scenes where visually it would have been more in tune with the lines that were actually going. Um, and you could have done a few small tweaks with, um, you know, going to England is fine, but my heart is in France. You could say, you know, my heart is in Elsinore or whatever. And this mm-hmm. is where the writers just got lazy with their screenwriting. Yeah. I. So- I mean, if we were to compare all three of the movies, well, like the, in our episodes where we're, we're watching something from Shakespeare being adapted to film, and it's very clear, like they're trying to do these movies and trying to capture a young audience to be interested in this, or if that's not their intent, they're trying to base it off something to try to get t- ticket sales or whatever. This one, I believe, if like for their target audience, if I were to transport put myself back in my shoes and I was able to watch all three movies back to back within that era, this movie definitely would have like hit the lowest tier for me without a doubt. Like even without me thinking about this in 2021, like knowing how I was then back then, the, the language, this lines they used and then trying to put it with the setting just is it doesn't mix well. It was like oil and water trying to be mixed together in one jar. It just right. didn't fit well together. Yeah, uh, I think they could would have okay. been well well served by a solid editor. Oh yeah, and the thing is, I do actually like a lot of the aesthetic choices, the mm-hmm. modern adaptations they made to it. I mean, if you think about it, like Ophelia instead of carrying around a flowers, a, she was carrying around fucking Polaroids. Yeah, That's exactly. great. That's creative as hell. I thought yeah. that was a great idea. Instead of her drowning in a river, she Oprah. fucking flung herself in a fountain. Yes. That was That's That's creative as hell. Like just So yeah, like, side give it note, up. the fountain that she drowns in is outside at that I was in New York at that time. The fountain that she drowns in was next door to Cafe Mars, which was a Martian themed <laughs> restaurant near Times Square. Oh, oh, see now that's just hitting my alley right there. <laughs> As someone named Marvin, that hits yes. my, that hits all the spots for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I was laughing. I saw that and I I because I had a business dinner there and it's this horrible themed restaurant and she drowned in front of it. And I thought, yeah, it's a pretty good <laughs> spot. No, mm, can't be the most la- that cannot be the lamest themed restaurant you've been to. Like knowing you, that cannot be the lamest thing. And I also say this as an Asian person who's seen some pretty lame ass themed mu- restaurants in Asia. That can't be the lamest thing. It was pretty close. That's I mean, short of Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, ouch! Wow, shots fired. <laughs> so. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over some of the stuff that they basically um, did in this adaptation um, for the movie. Uh, so the mousetrap play, mouse mousetrap play, 
was taking form of the, the montage of Hamlet based in video form. They, mm-hmm. and, and it was edited by Hamlet. That's one thing. Uh, Clearly his first film. <laughs> oh, Hamlet's oh, yeah. first film? <laughs> okay. Uh, the character... I've seen, of, I've, I've seen high school films that are better edited than that. <laughs> wow. Uh, the character of Marcellus, Marcellus, one of the soldiers, Marcellus was um, ima- reimagined as Marcella, Horatio's girlfriend. So basically, the girlfriend of Horatio, uh, Horatio was um, his girlfriend, uh, Marcellus. Uh, one of the captains of captains of the army of um, the, uh, the the uncle's army, or no, his friend, his friend um, for, was it Fortinbra, 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 Fortinbras, yes. It was replaced by a, a flight attendant. Uh, was a, a flight attendant on the on Hamlet's flight to England. That's no Fortinbras was uh, in the news clip. It wasn't the flight attendant. He shows um, up in the news clip on the plane, and then he's the one that takes over at the end. That's no, 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 no. It's, it's the captain. Right. Captain Bra's arm was replaced by a flight attendant because basically had a talk. She she talked to. Um, he gave the lines, but the, if right. you watch the news report in the back, oh yeah, I remember you said yeah. That's okay. So they okay, they messed up then. Okay, like you said before, the um, Ophelia instead of carrying flower, actual flowers, she carried Polaroid because she was an amateur photographer. Uh, foreign boss conquest, conquest, well, are not military, but a corporate takeover with aids of his army of lawyers. That actually was my favorite. That was creative as fuck. Really? Okay. I thought that was creative. Like I thought that was great. Like this, this movie had potential. I just again, I just couldn't get past the dialogue. Uh, as opposed to drowning in the brook, Ophelia drowned you know, drowning in the fountain in front of the um, the hotel, Eleanor, uh, surrounded by mementos of our relationship with um, Hamlet. Uh, the ghost of the king, ha- um, Hamlet, uh, appeared in Horatio's apartment, sitting in the bedroom of Marcella's, um, sl- where Marcella sleeps. Before Hamlet and Horatio entered it, uh, the first um, inter- intervention uh, intervention of um, Osric, Osric, Osric was reimagined as a a, um, a, a fact machine in Hamlet and Horatio's room. I'm um, delivering Lyris Lorites, 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 yeah, Lorites, yeah, messages right before the duel. Actually, I like the use of the fax machines, and this is the messenger. Okay. I thought it was very fitting. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also Loretta's did not die, did not kill, did not kill Hamlet with a poison ra- raver, raper. He um, shot him. Yeah. Like, rapier. He shot him with his pistol and then shot himself. And it's a, the Hamlet used that same pistol to kill on um, Colossus, Claudius. So, what is it, so I did. One thing I wish they did with the whole ghost of the king, I wish they kind of put it, I wish they kind of used a lot of um, TVs and uh, if they, if they would have really used the point of technology, like the, like, like, you know, the old poltergeist idea of you pull, you basically, um, he comes through the TVs, tells his story. So instead of him being this, it wasn't, he wasn't even really a ghostly figure. They, I mean, they tried to make him into a ghost figure, but real honestly, it was just like a man just walking around just with it, with, with a, with a, with his jacket on. I'm like, okay. See, I would have said at first it was more like a hallucination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, he definitely gave off that portrayal of a hallucination. Had it not been for the 
CCTV right. scene in the beginning. Like if you cut that out, I could have easily imagined that as he's an hallucination. You could have easy if you just put in a little bit more explanation. You could have put in the drug problem that we That's were having in the nineties or early aughts, like that the leftover drug war from the eighties. Okay, I can see that. I mean, making mm-hmm. making him more of a drug addict than mm-hmm. and, and he needs something. Okay, I and then that, that hat would have been really fitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs that in a pacifier. Them, <laughs> pop. I'm, I'm sorry, them using a lot calling of everybody pop, a funny. Them using a lot of blockbuster just cracked me up. Him walking, doing his monologue in the blockbuster, I was just like. Oh, that just, it, it takes me way back. I need to go to Ben, Oregon. I need to go to Ben just now to go to the last Blockbuster. <laughs> I'm like, have you been in a Blockbuster late at night? That he It's not that right empty. In. It's not that empty. Oh, the I ones remember. near my place. Depends. Yeah, Depends. I did not remember Depends. it being that empty as a kid. It's changed. We had some cray-cray people wandering around our video stores in New York at that time. Late at night looking for stuff. Stuff, huh? You know, behind the beaded curtain stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Izzy. Um. Yeah. I mean, it just it just took me back to that era, you know. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything to say about blockbuster. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think you're too young to remember most of it. Oh, right? please. Me? Yeah. No. I mean, no. We had blo- we. I remember Hollywood Video. <laughs> Oh yeah, word up. Yeah, that was my spot. Yeah. That was my spot. Was See, I'm all about that little little local mom and pop. It's all about Fox's video. Oh, Fox's. yeah, Fox's. Okay, <laughs> I had home. I had Hollywood, Hollywood video, oh. and then Blockbuster down the street. Like, uh, Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Only reason why I didn't go to Blockbuster a lot was because they're down by they're with Mormons. It's like so they didn't have many movies. That I was like, dang it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do Blockbuster because you needed a credit card. To get when you originally signed up, you had to show your credit card. Yeah. Was it till later where they just took the driver's license? So yeah, I went she, to the mom and pops. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Um, um, Vice was going. We were going through stuff and all that, and I busted out. My, she found my old Blockbuster card and was like, oh, "Are you freaking serious?" I was like, "Serious? You still have one?" Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't have it in the house. I my old. Or no, I don't think we had a blockbuster card, but my old man definitely had like a card with Fox's video in um, Hollywood for sure. It is my goal in life to order a blockbuster card from the last blockbuster in Anchorage right now. No, it's, it's um actually in um working. I thought it was in, in Alaska. Actually, that one closed down. That one closed down. The last one now is in Ben's, Oregon. Ben. Of course it's an organ. Of course it's an organ. Why why would it surprise me that it's an organ? It actually would make more sense to me if it was in Portland too. Mm-hmm. Well, technically it's close to Portland. The 90s are alive <laughs> in Portland. Yo, we've watched like three 90s movies this past three episodes. I'm mm-hmm. like going through like a 90s, early 2000s masturbation phase. It's not even funny. <laughs> Oh, you'll you'll love what I'm going to say at the end of this. <laughs> what we're going to see next, Ooh. but <laughs> all in all, um, what do you think about? Because uh, I've already seen the reviews. What do you think about the? What were your feelings on the movies? Ca- um, characters were they portrayed well? Were they 
kind of off-putting somewhat or what, what I mean, every person from, from Bill Murray to, I found out Kevin Affleck was um, for um, Fortabras and also Steve Zhang, who, who played Rosencrantz. He's, he's the same guy that played on a, so several movies, also played on Modern Family as the, the, the rich neighbors that the, um, the I forgot who the, the, Dar- the Darcy's hated. But, you know, the Duffy's hated and stuff. So it's funny seeing him trying to play these parts. And he does that first little front kick. I'm like, okay, that jump front kick was, okay, cool. (laughs) And then just seeing him and stuff. What's up? I don't know. I felt like a lot of this was, like, really forced. But that's just me. I, I have a hard time getting past Elizabeth. What was it? Elizabethan? Yeah. Language. Language. Again, I think this is just partially me who didn't go through a lot of English classes that taught Shakespeare. And I mean, my AP Lit teacher did try, but I'm going to be honest here. I was busy getting high. <laughs> but... Now with this oh, movie? <laughs> like, I felt like a lot of this was, like, forced. Like, I really do. Like, part of it felt forced. Part of it also felt like they're just trying to get past their lines, to be honest with you. Mm. I think... I actually think it was part of the, um, I mean, that's how play is, right? That, mm-hmm. that like over the top, like exaggerated, um, you know, kind of character. That's what I felt. I thought it was super, like, it was supposed to be a play, but it was, yeah. No, and you're right. I think it's just for me, I, it's hard for me to, one, get past that with, one, the use of their dialogue, and then un- realizing that they're using what's mostly on stage, a theatrical stage, being translated to a medium that can easily just be cut and edited. So it was hard, personally for me, it was just really hard to get past. Hmm. I could see that. So, so the, the box office made $2 million for this movie. Not That's bad. it. That's still a respectable number. I'm never going to see two million in my life. How much did it cost to make, though? <laughs> uh, it doesn't show in the budget. It doesn't show the budget. Yeah, because their cast—they easily blew that on their cast. Like I oh, can't yeah. imagine getting this lineup for less than two mil. Yeah, Ethan, Ho- Ethan Hawke and Julia Stiles were like the it actors back in those days. Bill Murray is not a cheap actor, like by any means. Post Ghostbusters, um, yeah. but this is there's... one. This is one of those times where you. This is. One of the times where I've seen Bill Murray being something I'm not, I didn't, I was not, I was a little surprised by just seeing him come up. I was like, oh, Bill Murray's on this? Because he was, was actually, he was actually the most comfortable, I think, with the, the Shakespearean lines. Yeah. It felt most natural with him. Yeah. Although his death scene in Zombieland 2 is still my favorite death scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, best, that that was his best role ever. Or zombie, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean they they had some solid actors. Um, you know, I think some of the some of them really did struggle, as you know, the other two folks have pointed out with the the language. Ethan Hawke clearly struggled with it. Um, I thought the the casting of Hamlet's mother, the Queen, was probably the weakest casting choice. I didn't uh, think she played it. Gertrude. Yeah, she didn't do a great job. Um, I was actually really happy to see uh, Steve Zane. As Gildenster or Rosencrantz, who was Rosencrantz, Rosencrantz. 
okay, because one, I love Steve Zane, and I think his role in Happy Texas is still <laughs> one of my most favorite roles he's ever done. Right. But and I think for the the way Rosencrantz is normally played, he was an appropriate casting for that. Okay. So I think some it was kind of some hit the mark, some didn't. Um, Laertes seemed like he was ready to fuck every cast member he came up against, oh, Liv, and it yeah, was like like creepy ass interaction with with <laughs> Ophelia there. I'm like, mm, there's some incestuous shit going on because he's coming across much more like he's ready to fuck her than he's their big brother ready to defend her. It was just, but. Even when he's doing one on one with Bill Murray, I'm like, you got eyes for Bill Murray too. Like he's just coming across as creepy. I'm gonna, like he's gonna anger fuck somebody on the set just because he got that much energy pent up. I hated that casting role. Okay. What do you think about not having a, a sword or a knife in this movie? More having a gun being the the murder weapon. A lot of the, a lot of the. Well, they used the foils. Oh yeah, you did this for the foils, but I'm saying. My first thought is, who has an entire fucking electronic fencing thing set up at their home? I fenced. You don't have the electronic shit set up at your home with the tethers onto the machine. Oh, come on. They're rich. Very rich. (laughs) I don't care how... That's a competition thing. You don't practice with that shit at home. I was more surprised at the fact that then somebody didn't go off over over the edge and fall fall off the building or something. Oh, no. They have to kill each other. That's how the the play ends. And it ends bloody. (laughs) Because it's over, yeah. but um, and seeing the poison itself was put into the cup, mm-hmm. it's like okay, this is. But yeah, using more instead of just using swords and stuff to kill off each other, they use a pistol. And I know we'll we're gonna we'll see Romeo and Juliet. They use mm-hmm. pistols too. So it's it it's weird thing to use not use a sword or a knife to kill each other. Is now we have to use guns because that's what you do in the modern. You wouldn't. I, you, but I thought it was very fitting. Okay. Like yeah, and both in this and in the Romeo and Juliet, they they both of them adapt that uh, weaponry very well, and yeah, I appreciated yeah. in this one that they kept it as you know a, a fencing battle because there's plenty of us who still do that, and you know it's an Olympic <laughs> sport still. I've done more than my fair share of you know parry thrust, parry thrust. So like you know that I could buy that he would have those skills. I don't buy that they had the tethers and shit at that place, but I buy that they have those skills. Touche. <laughs> Literally, touche. That's where it comes from. It means touch. That's why I used, that's why I used it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, so, in this, so, as we see this movie, it, as we can hear from, mix, from all of us, mixed views on it and stuff, um, why are, we going, why are we going right into Snap Judgment? Because I'm... Because this movie, this movie was um, product, produced by Miramax, so and that's and that's also Disney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of Disney. There's a lot of there's a lot of Disney movies that Julia Stiles had to play into. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, Julia Stiles. Oh, it was Julia Stiles. <laughs> so I think she became well, a Disney it, child without being. A it's Disney one child. where you you have dead parents, and you know, so it's gonna fit the Disney thing. <laughs> Disney kills off parents all the time. Oh yeah, they're, they're it's hard to pull a. Di- it's hard to pull a movie where some parent hasn't died in it as a major turning point. Or as a wow. fucked up individual. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> this was releasing this was released in Sundance on January twenty-fourth, and then it got released to, to the mar- the main markets of the United States in May twelfth of the same year, two thousand. So moving over to our next thing will be Snap Judgment, where we 
will basically rate and review the movie that we did. If it's three snaps, this movie's excellent. It should have got the rewards that American Beauty got. Because who else wants to see Steven? Who else wants to see Kevin Spacey jacking off in the in the shower? Definitely not the people he sexually assaulted. At least that was consensual. <laughs> Two snaps. It wasn't that bad, and but it wasn't that good. One snap. This movie needs to go where Hamlet was. Back in the day, and stay there. <laughs> we go on a we are we go on a quarter quarter snap. Increments. This is quarter snap. So what we're gonna do now is. So I'll show you all this. I'll show you all this stuff, um, Izzy. So this is quarter snap. This is half snap. So when you basically throw your number up, you can either throw like two and a half, two and a half snaps, one and a half, one and a quarter, you know, or three or three snaps. Okay. So we're gonna close our eyes, count to three, and give our rating to Hamlet. 2000. You know what? They had Dracula 2000. Yeah, that was still a better movie. Yeah, it was. Ouch. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's do our rating of Hamlet 2000. Close your eyes and I'll count back to three. Three, two, one. Open up. Oh, good grief. We got a range. Two and a half. Uh, Izzy gives it one. Uh, Marvin, you gave it one and a half. One and a half. And Auntie Vice gives it one quarter. One and a quarter. One. Still glad to know Auntie Vice and I are still pretty close. In, still in sync somewhat. Better than Milan. Still better than Milan. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from one all the way to two and a half, two, 2.5. Izzy. Why did you give it one? Um, I mean, honestly, because in the beginning, I it was so hard to understand the the language barrier. <laughs> I think it was just my biggest throw off, and just judging from you know who it was aimed at in comparison to you know what you were able to really get from it. I was ready to turn it off, actually. <laughs> I, I did turn it off actually um, last night and I was like, I'll, sorry about that. I'll continue with it um, tomorrow, which I did. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was a lot, but then when, when I watched it today, it was, you know, a little bit better, but um, yeah. So it was just by far, I don't know. I had to, I had to strain to listen and to really understand what they were saying. Mm. But um, yeah, but that was the main reason. Marvin. No, no, whoop, whoop, whoop. hold on. Auntie Vice, why'd you give it two and one a and a quarter? One and a quarter. One and one a quarter. quarter. Um, I can appreciate what they were trying to do with it. I can appreciate a few of the performances, so not completely in the trash bin, but so much of this could have used with a heavy editing hand, a better understanding of translating it over. Like the fact that they were able to get the monologues in 
inappropriate ways I appreciated. I would have liked less masturbation around the to be or not to be speech. We didn't need to see the lead in for like six times before they said the damn thing. Um, you know, but yeah, there were some some decent performances in it. There were some creative aspects to it, mm. and I'll I'll give them a nod for. That. I won't put them in the trash bin totally. I'm like, okay, you got a few good things out of it. Uh, if I were hiring, I'd want to know which writers came up with which, and then that would be the person I'd go with versus the rest of it because there's a lot that was left to be desired. Ouch, mm. Marvin, why'd you give two and a, one and a half? I think Auntie Vice pretty much summed up what I felt about it really well. The only reason I gave it a half and not anything lower is, I mean, like Izzy said, the dialogue, the the lines were really jarring. It did take me out of the movie like immediately in the beginning. But <laughs> a little, after a little bit more effort and realizing I have to do this and I'm kind of like stuck with this choice to watch it. Obligated. <laughs> yes, exactly. I do it for you listeners. I do it for you. I see that. But I do respect the creative different, the creative choices they make. Like I said, in the earlier, in the beginning, I really do like the fact that they try to go with a modern approach to this. Albeit, even though they didn't change up the lines at all. I mean, I think some of my favorite parts is how they adapt certain scenes and make it their own. And I kind of just wished they did the same thing with certain aspects of it. And I'm, again, still looking at you, script, with how it, and I still stand by it. Like, there's just certain things they could have changed up if they just gave it more of a modern approach for that era. This movie would have done well because aesthetically, this would have like been right up my alley during that age. We clearly saw how much I reacted towards 10 Things I Hate About You, and it was still pretty much the same. on the nose for Taming of the Shrew. Goddamn, they even used a line for Taming of the Shrew like 10 minutes into this film. But then they went away with that, made it their own, and they stuck the landing. This didn't. Didn't do the dismount. Nope. <laughs> so, wow. Just from just from listening, but I was thinking, I got rid of. I'm now taking my my half back and just giving it a two. <laughs> I, I I now just looked at it, this is a two. Just like y'all said, this, the 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 speak the um the English speak itself did take me out of it, but. I was for I was I was giggling inside because there there was the way they were trying so hard to keep everything still the same from the king from queens it's like you are not you're in a modern world how the heck is there kings and queens you're both you still used to be saying the CEO your uncle's now the CEO you should be talking in that modern talk or just modern lingo not this other it, it, i did enjoy the fact that they used they tried to they started using technology more into the film and um reimagining a few things like you know using the using the fact machine instead of using the actual messenger or even the or even taking away the actual flowers and making them polaroid pictures i i did enjoy that and stuff uh the 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 mousetrap model or uh, the mousetrap play video that um Hamlet made 
That was funny. And now it's that movie within a movie that was a play within a play. Oh, I, just yeah. But now that you mentioned it, like that, they kept calling each other sell each other kings. Oh yeah, that completely also took me out of it. It's wild because they kept saying it in the fucking U.S. in a movie that's mainly American. Like, dude, I I could understand. understand like the setting in history. Like, we tout ourselves for being the country that's free, quote unquote. And you're still talking kings? Uh-uh, uh-uh. That's the modern-day equivalent of being really, really invested in the royal wedding, even though you're going, yeah, America, we're free. Yeah. No. I could mean, have I, I could have went on if they called, like, my lord or, you know, just like just like they did with the, um, oh, where they used Duke as a basketball player, you know, a basketball coach. I could have I could have gone on with that, but yeah, it's just the fact of it's a CEO who died, not a king. Eh, come on, and, and basically like my lord and my liege. It's like, I think we would have been fine if that like if they at least made a a, a half assed attempt of just going, yeah, their last names are now king, lord, yes. and liege. Yes, I, I mean, okay, that. see, even with O, when they kept mentioning Duke, like not even just the coach, but Duke, the school. That makes sense to me. That literally makes sense to me. We even made mention of that during the episodes. Like, dude, that's peak 90s for you to be in an East Coast prep or to be in a prep school and then talk about going to a private school that's been touted as the big villain basketball team at the time, which is Duke. Makes total sense. Makes complete sense to me. Well, yeah. and there is a, a solid precedent for doing that because for the longest time, the CEO of Philip Morris was Jeff Bible. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Bible. you. See, but back that. to my point. <laughs> yeah. No, I, there's actually a real, reality precedent because it was Jeff Bible was the, the CEO of uh, Philip Morris for a long time. Yeah. I can see that. Well, as we say right now, Pete, we are see one, one and a quarter, one, 1. 1.5, and two. Altogether, that is five and three quarter snaps. Five point seven five, folks. Out of out of twelve. Twelve. That's not good. Wow, that hurt. <laughs> that, My I Asian think, mother would be very disappointed with I that think type that's, of score. I think that's even lower than I can speak poetry. No. 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 <laughs> our two our two lowest scored movies are Mulan. Um, and speak I speak poetry. poetry. No, speak to me in poetry. Isn't speak it? Speak poetry. But it doesn't matter. That cultural <laughs> appropriation bullshit of a movie was dead second. <laughs> yeah, only followed closely on its tails by Kindergarten Teacher. But it's okay. They well, did it not still sk- had a good point. That one still had a good rating. We we, they, we still rated it up. It's still a travesty. I still consider it a travesty that that won some fucking award at Sundance and We Are Animals didn't. Did not, yeah. We Are Animals was much better. Oh, oh, it was like one of the better films we've reviewed. Yes, One uh, of the better so, films. And I still stand by what I said. If that child was real and I understood what he was going on, I would give him a hug and just be like, no, you're, one day you're going to go to college, one day you will move out and everything will be okay. So Izzy, these are episodes that we've already reviewed, so I know yeah. they're I they're going it. on their little tangents. So, mm-hmm. the, so what is our next one we're reviewing there, Grand Leader? <laughs> the list. How how else will you torture us this week? Well, you know, I'm I'm thinking might as well end off without a trilogy, make this a foursome. 
we're going to do this doing Romeo and Juliet 1996. The Baz Luhrmann version. Oh, I love it. Ugh. I love it. I love Baz Luhrmann. We're going to go with Lady Art of the Caprio. That way it can now look like we have two movies that didn't have the adaptation was a little bit. They didn't go into full Elizabeth C. But we're going to have two others that did, did. and see how they is compare. I don't think I've ever seen that Romeo and Juliet. No, I definitely have not seen that Romeo and it's, Juliet. It's a, it, I love it. So I, yeah, I re- yeah, I liked it too. Yeah, oh, it's good. part of his opera trilogy, so it's strictly ballroom Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge. So if you watch those three together, that's his attempt to do operatic film. Is how he describes it. So, Izzy, would you like to be on our next episode then, if you want to see? Um, this? I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying, would you like to be? View uh, with us next, or no? I'm okay. And put your input. I'm okay. She's like, was... she's... <laughs> She's like I'm done with it. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was fun. It got me into a movie. I've been like not watching movies for okay. a long time. So. That's fair. That's fair. It, it was I'm, fun I'm kinda, though. Kind of yeah. sad we got you in this one. It kind of could have made you more like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna kill myself. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> <Dumbass> movie. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. I was thinking that myself already last night. I was very high last night watching it. I like an edible, <laughs> terrible <not> voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as we as we always say, this movie got a five five point seven five out of twelve. Not the best score, but it didn't. I gotta look at the score and see if it even devastate Mulan. I'm gonna see. There's no movie that will devastate Mulan. I remember the scoring very clearly. I gave it a zero. You gave it a one. I'm still big mad about that movie. There is no way I will allow that movie to be be scored higher than any other movie. I will make it my mission for this podcast to ensure that. Oh, oh! Your I will go mission? to. I will. There are people who love that movie. Apparently, for oh, this gosh. podcast, however, I am making it my mission for it to be the lowest scored movie ever. Wow, <laughs> that's that's even worse than Mortal Kombat. This Mortal Kombat, the new 2021 mm-hmm. movie? Yeah. Oh, it's fucking amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to talk later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give our social medias out. Marvin, give your Instagram out to the people. Yeah, you can find me uh, on IG as StarvinMarvin09. Auntie Vice. You can find me on most social media sites at Auntie Vice, um, on my blog at Love Letters to Unicorn, and you can find me next Saturday, May 21st at 1 o'clock through black-thorn.org. Blackthorn Dungeon is hosting uh, my class in sickness and in health, loving someone with a chronic illness. Izzy? Um, you can find me on Instagram under Izzy Lala, or um, I have a blog, IzzyLala.com. Okay. Oh, and correction: the twenty first is a uh, Friday, not a Saturday. So, well, whatever that Saturday is, I'm 22nd. doing it on Saturday. Is it the twenty second? Okay. 22nd. So yeah, next Saturday I will be teaching in sickness and in health from one to three. <laughs> Sliding scale tickets for all y'all. Nice. You're going to say Marvin? Oh, just for our listeners, Izzy. How do you spell it, Izzy? Oh, I Z Z Y L A L A. Awesome. Thank you. Dot com. You can find you. you can find Sherrod Smith here on Iambic Scene. That is I A M B I C Z I N E. 
and we will be talking about we, we do have uh, actual um guests some poet so the next for so the next show of june 7th i'll be hosting for the socially distance um uh, we will be having our feature poet will be basar abu hawili he is a lebanese um poet who's basically coming out with a new book called words that might might mean something to someone someday that's what it's actually called Damn. go figure <laughs> so that's been our that's been our show for today go see hamlet 2000 or actually Mm-mm. save yourself Mm-mm. and go see Mm-mm. the actual play of hamlet england the uk does it so well and save yourself looking at old schools of blockbusters amateur video um, photography and everyone's call everyone talking like they don't speak ghetto. What the heck's up with that? <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Just watch Ten Things I Hate About You. It's a better. It's a better movie. Is it? I I stand by it. Okay, look. <laughs> if I showed this movie to a goddamn child in their early twenties who is on that TikTok shit right now, they would have believed that was made right now because they're picking up styles from the nineties again. And if it weren't for the fucking land phones, they would have thought this was a modern movie. I guarantee you. Wow. So I'm, I'm assuming I, I, I stand by. So I'm assuming none of y'all would recommend this to a non-poet or a poet. Nope. I would recommend this to anybody. Busy. Not to a non-poet. Maybe a poet. I no, don't know. Maybe. I mean, would you, would you would you look at this for your English teacher to play this movie for his? I would. I would actually. Oh really? I would. Yeah. Okay. It's full on Shakespeare. I mean, right? I think that will work out for people who don't want to see all the, they want to bring in the movies into this time zone, this time period. Maybe not done well, but hey, not bad. All right. That was Hamlet 2000. This is The Squad. Next movie we will be watching will be Rome, the, two, the 1996 movie of Romeo and Juliet. This will be our last movie of our Shakespearean films. I have four more in the can that I can show you, but we're not going to do that. We're going to do something a little different. So thank you, everyone. Take care. And we'll see you thank at you. the movies. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>